I love the story of the minister who said to his mechanic, I hope you won't charge too much to fix my car. Remember, I'm a poor preacher. And the mechanic said, yes, I know. I heard you last Sunday. (laughs) And listen to this little boy and his mother when he asked, Mommy, why does the pastor get a lot of vacation in the summer when Daddy only gets three weeks? Well, answered his mom, if he's a good minister, he needs it. And if he isn't, the congregation needs it. (laughs) Today, as we continue on in our fall sermon series, The Quest and the Call, we are exploring all different aspects of what it is to be called as ministers of Christ. And today I want to take a little time to distinguish the difference between those who are called formally and to ordained or licensed ministry, and to everyone else who is called, nonetheless, as a full minister of Christ. Because we all have a sense of calling, as I stressed last Sunday. Now, it needs to be clear at the outset that ordination is not simply about the clergy. Ordination has to do with the whole church. We are not here this morning to talk about my ministry or Michael's ministry. Rather, we are here to reflect on our ministry as an entire church family and how ordination and being licensed are part of that. A person's sense of call is personal, whereas ordination gets lived out in community. When a person responds to the call of God as a servant to a particular portion of God's People, the ordinary process is begun, the ordaining process, excuse me, the ordaining process is begun to allow that person to serve in a certain role. Now, one other thing needs to be said early on, and it is this. Ordained and licensed persons are set aside for particular functions, not because they are special not because of their moral character, and not because they are closer to God. Persons are ordained or licensed in the Christian ministry for particular functions, not because they are better than others. Let's be very clear about this right now. Because I've known a lot of people who are much closer to God than I am. We all know that just because someone is a pastor, that doesn't make him a saint, or her, a saint. We've seen all kinds of people in our culture over the last decades who have fallen in grace big time. Some of the evangelical pastors on TV, and, well, we could name a whole list of people who have fallen uh, because of their humanness and their sinfulness. And we think of great people in the Bible. I mean, think of David, how great King David was and his gift of writing so many of the beautiful psalms. Let's not forget that he committed adultery and had Bathsheba's husband killed so that he could have her for himself. You see, ordination, calling to ministry in a particular way, has to do with functions and faithfulness in following and is not based on spiritual or moral excellence. And people who lay that onto the clergy do us a disservice uh, in wanting that to be the case. 
Well, as I began, one of those functions is preaching and teaching. Not all ministers are called to a strong preaching ministry, but through teaching and other forms of witnessing to our faith, we are to promote the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ. Joseph Parker was once asked, don't you get tired of preaching to the converted? And he answered, the converted are never all that converted. I think the way I would respond to that is, the reason I don't get tired of preaching is because most people tend to backslide in their faith at one point or another. And how do I know that? Because it happens to me as well. To put it positively, I know there is a lot of room for growth and greater discipleship in me, and I suspect the same is true for you as well. And I'm very intentional not to use the words perfection and success, but rather I'm talking about growth and increased faithfulness in following. As ordained clergy, we take on different roles. As prophet, we are to afflict the comfortable. As pastor, to comfort the afflicted. As priest, to administer the sacraments. And in the priestly role, which we don't talk about much in our tradition, we assist in the sacraments, not because we are high and mighty, but precisely as part of our servant role, remembering how Jesus took a towel and he washed the disciples' feet. The reformer John Calvin is clear that the ministers are in the church. They are there for the upbuilding of the believers at large through the word and the sacrament and discipline. They are tools of the Spirit, but not vessels of infused grace. They have no power that is not God's, no authority that is not Christ's, and no dignity except as servants in the church. So said Calvin. So let's hear from the prophet Isaiah again. Woe is me, I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You see, he was no saint. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And the servant touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Isaiah knew the need for servanthood and a personal response to the call. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Yet, as we said earlier, the response is always toward a people. And so once in relationship with the people, one doesn't cease to be a minister after an eight-hour day. But neither does a Christian cease from being a Christian after Sunday morning. As with Christianity, one should not enter the ordained ministry half-baked. Oh, there are some days when there is not a lot of energy, but we can still attempt to focus our energy as fully as possible. And I wouldn't be honest if I didn't tell you that there are some days when I question my ordination. But the grace and love of God continually lift me up, 
and in turn strengthen me to encourage others to be lifted up in that same grace and love as well. And amidst all the difficulties, struggles, and challenges one faces in ministry, I truly love what I do because it is done in the context of fellowship with this wonderful family of faith. Serving with you in a particular form of functioning is a wonderful gift to me. And besides, it's terrific to get paid to think theologically. Clergy get paid to read and think about God and what God would have us do. And again, it does not make us closer to God. But it might give us, and I say slightly, just slightly clearer articulation when speaking about and on behalf of God. So let me just explain a little bit more clearly the difference between ordained ministry and licensed ministry and ministry in the congregation. When a person feels called to full-time ordained ministry, they have to go through a process. And for us in the UCC, that has traditionally meant a a full college degree and then a three-year master's degree program uh, of seminary training. But even that does not allow one to be ordained. After seminary and graduation, one has to have a particular call to a particular ministry in a particular church. And without being called to a church, one cannot be ordained. So the ordination then, when it happens, there's a whole process. You have to go through a lot of hoops and a lot of meetings uh, to see if you will be accepted. And once you've been called by a church to be their minister, then you can go through the final process of being ordained. And then once you're ordained, you have to be installed. And so the association uh, has to install you within your setting of ministry. They're sort of the gatekeeper of who gets to serve in the churches in the UCC, and that's how that works. Now, for a licensed minister, it's a little different, but not totally different, because when Michael felt called to be a licensed minister, he had to go through some training and go through a lot of hoops uh, to be accepted, and he was also approved by the Association Church and Ministry Committee. The difference is that he didn't have to be ordained Uh, and that his licensure has to be renewed on a regular basis, if not annually, certainly every couple of years. But Michael is licensed for a particular ministry in a particular setting. He can't go do this at any other church. He's only licensed to do what he does here at the neighborhood church. And that's a gift to us because he is here to function as a minister of Christ on our behalf. And what a gift Michael is to us. Here's what Ernie Campbell, the past senior minister of Riverside Church in New York City, has to say about our role uh, as ministers. The pastoral relationship is unique. It is without rival or resemblance in the world. Nothing is in the same league with the pastor-member relationship. The teacher-pupil, lawyer-client, doctor-patient, social worker-counselee connections are special in our society. But the pastor-member relationship is different. The pastor ministers to her people out of a treasury of shared beliefs and functions within a community whose primary purpose is to work for the increase of love. Yes, ordination and licensure 
belong to the church, and without the church, we couldn't serve in these roles. You see, ordination came into being as the church in its early formation became more and more organized. I won't bore you with a lesson in church history. Suffice it to say that as the church became larger and more complex, the need for organization drove toward the model of servant leaders or ordained clergy in the church. And that's why it isn't until the writings of the letters like 1 Peter that we get instructions on the role of elders and leaders in the church. These came years after the gospel. Here again, what our New Testament text charges the leaders. Tend the flock of God that is in your charge, exercising the oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you do it, not for sordid gain, but eagerly. Do not lord it over those in your charge, but be examples to the flock. That's what the functions and faithfulness in following are about. We are to be examples to one another. And this flock imagery is a reminder of Jesus' parable of the shepherd who goes out and looks for the one lost sheep. You remember that parable? Ministers always want to look for those who are lost, those who may wander away. But it's interesting that we never hear much about what is only implicitly known in the story, and yet it's critical. The vast majority of the shepherd's time and attention is spent on caring for the whole flock. Faithfulness to the whole is as important as serving the one. Both are needed, and that balance is not always easy. If we remember nothing else, let's remember that the only difference between clergy and laity is one of functioning, not in following. We all can follow faithfully. For we all seek to faithfully follow the Good Shepherd, even Christ our Lord, who came to serve, not to be served. Ordination and licensure belong to the church. And this is our ministry in Jesus Christ our Lord. For his gifts work. That some should be apostles, some prophets, and some pastors, and some teachers, some church school teachers, some singers, some ringers, some servers, all for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. May it be so for all of us in our faithful following. Amen.